morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome back to the next chapter podcast. I don't even know what chapter we're on anymore. This is chapter five. I, I it's believe cha- it's five. Chapter five. Yes. Um, welcome back. If you guys are new, which why would they be new at this point, Sue? Exactly. If you're not following us on Spotify, Apple, or Google, or you can just go to our website. Um, right on the website slider, we've got our podcast now. You can click on that, and it will take you right to our landing page, and it has all of our chapters there that you yes. can listen to. On this podcast, we cover new releases here at the Marion Public Library. Sue's going to talk about a few. I think she's got three today for us. Talk about some building updates. I know mm-hmm. you guys always appreciate that. And we actually have the room in City Hall as we're recording this, looking right at the new building. Yeah. So we can kind of see. I opened the blinds to, today to see what's going on. So it's really chilly and windy out, and there's uh, snowflakes spitting yep. but the guys are out there working hard they are there is construction everywhere it's mm. not just the library it Marian is, is under construction 7th <laughs> ave it's 11th it's sidewalks it's genie Paul's at uptown snug it's yes. literally everywhere yes. so we've said our library is kind of on a floating island right now on 7th mm-hmm. ave which is an understatement it's very challenging but we actually opened up um thursday this week if you're listening now it'd be yes yesterday we opened up so um but who knows? Maybe next week we'll be closed again. <laughs> just we have a brand new sidewalk out front and it's beautiful. Yep. Yep. So um, I'll cover some of those building updates for the new building. I'll go over our uh, programming and events, which uh, some things have changed there just due to weather um, mm-hmm. and COVID the way it is. We'll go through the renowned trivia game. We've got seven questions for Sue today. So <sighs> it's either going to go really good or really bad. Um, uh-huh. And then we've got another great special guest for you today. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's dive right in. Sue, you've got three books for us. I do. Um, let's talk about let's talk about the Christmas by the book. I want to okay. hear about that one. So it's called Christmas by the Book, and it is uh, a novel. It's by Anne Marie Ryan. It's a paperback, and it is about a couple who own a bookshop. They've owned this bookshop for over thirty years. It takes place in um, England, and um, they are like most places, under pressure uh, financially, and they might have to close. And if they don't do well in this holiday season, they're probably going to have to close. So um, an old, an elderly man comes into the store and buys one book that they've never been able to sell. So it kind of makes them think, huh, we should go out and give books to people who are feeling down, who are having trouble and kind of inspire them with um, the power of reading and and how reading can really change your life sometimes. So they start delivering books to all the residents um, in need of festive cheer. And it's all about the miracles that this bookshop delivers to people in their village and what this does to the bookshop during Christmas. So this is like a feel-good novel. Um, Jenny Colgan, who, if you're a fan of her, this will be a book that you would want to read. She's got a blurb on the front that says Heartfelt and Lovely. And it's not terribly long. It's about 300 pages. So easy, quick read, but a really good holiday read. Um, next week is when I will start my holiday reading. Awesome. <laughs> I, I have a pile of books at home, and I have told myself I cannot start it until after Thanksgiving. So I've, I've held steady, but it's been, I've been really tempted. This is one that I will be reading for sure. Awesome. As you guys know, um, I love to look at Goodreads for these types of books because um, it's really hard for me to just pick up a book and read it unless I know that other people out there truly enjoy it. It's kind of like the, what is that, tomato review. So you're not a risk taker when it comes to reading. Uh, I was going to say, are we talking about life or reading? <laughs> reading. <laughs> because life, yes. Life is a different story for you, yes. Uh, as we look at the <laughs> scar across my face, yes. <laughs> life, risk taker. Uh, books, no, not as much. I and, and like movies as well. I need to, and I know I've said that before in, in prior podcasts, but um, I like to look at reviews. So I went to Goodreads and for Christmas by the Book, Rachel says, Christmas by the Book by Anne Marie Ryan is a wonderful, heartwarming and stunning fictional novel about hope, love, second chances, and the true meaning of family and friends that really put me in the holiday spirit. So I think you nailed that mm-hmm. um, right away. That That's just going to get you right into the holiday spirit. Mm-hmm. So Christmas by the book. Okay. So uh, this next book is a complete polar opposite of the other one. Oh, this is go. called The Apollo Murders by Chris Hadfield. Not holiday spirit. No. No holiday spirit in this one. So this is a thriller. And it is about the space race and astronauts. Um, Chris Hadfield is a New York Times bestselling author. This takes place in 1973. 
and NASA is about to launch Apollo 18. And there, um, while people all think, oh, this is great, you know, it's, it's going to be built as a scientific mission, there's really a darker objective to this. Um, intelligence has discovered a secret Soviet space station spying on America, and Apollo 18 may be the only chance to stop it. So uh, the crew is on their way to the moon, and um, there's a Russian crew also on their way to the moon. There's political stakes going on, um, and the White House and the Kremlin can only watch as their astronauts collide on the lunar surface far beyond the reach of law or rescue. Wow. So... Yeah, um, astronauts <laughs> in trouble on the moon. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah, so if you like, if you like science, if you like any kind of space um, novels, um, thrillers, political thrillers, uh, Apollo Murders will be a great pick for you. This came out in October, and it is available in hardcover right now. And uh, Chris Hadfield is actually um, an astronaut, so. Yes. Very nice. He's he's been out there. Andrew from Goodreads says just finished this advanced copy. Incredible story, vivid characters and settings, and excellent action. So mm-hmm. I think it sounds like a really interesting book. Um, you didn't do, give me a page count on that book, but that thing looks pretty big. It is. It's over four hundred pages. Yeah. So, so for it's Blaine, not bad. that's big. For Sue, yeah. she's like average yeah. book. Average book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, average book is. Usually at least 300 pages now. Depending on who we're talking to. Oh, you're just saying in general. In general, an average book is about 300 pages. A a children's story for me with like good pictures and, you know, a quick 12 page (laughs) read. That's great. That's good. You know, prep, kind of dad prep, you know, when you have kids down the road. That's right. Our our future um, um, special guest today, you know, Mm -hmm. they might be really good at reading children's books as well to some grandkids. So, you know, maybe we just gave away who it is, but Uh I guess you'll have to find out. Keep listening. Cool. Apollo Murders. Sounds like a really interesting book. Mm -hmm. So if you're into that space, that kind of genre might be a book for you. And even if you just like political thrillers and you want to try something different, I mean, this takes place in space. So it might actually be really pretty fabulous. Awesome. Okay. So the third book I want to talk about is called American Comics, A History by Jeremy Dauber. This is nonfiction. This is a big one, but I will tell you that the last... 100, eh, close to 100 pages are all notes. (laughs) So it's pretty chock full of notes. But this is a sweeping history of cartoons, comic strips, and graphic novels and their hold on the American imagination. So this really is this, uh, Jeremy Dauber is a Columbia professor and he takes readers through the whole history of comics starting with the Civil War and coming all the way up through uh, contemporary times and how they are um, how they are used by um, the political system, um, how they have um, influenced people, how they've been influenced. So uh, this looks like a really fascinating book. If you are a big uh, graphic novel or comics fan, this would be a great book um, to gift someone uh, that you know that loves this stuff because this is really the history about where they came from and the evolution of them and um, how they've been influenced and how they've influenced really the world. So uh, this is called American Comics, A History by Jeremy Dauber, and there are no comics in it. <laughs> Just telling you, <laughs> it's all print. Comic book, all print. <laughs> yes. Uh, I told Sue earlier, I tried to find a review for this book literally everywhere I went, Goodreads, mm-hmm. Amazon, any Barnes & Noble, mm-hmm. anywhere I went, not a single review. So I don't know. Is it new? Is it newer? It's brand new. Okay. It just came out uh, this month. It's by uh, published by W.W. W. Norton. So um, yeah, it's it's probably not a light read, but I think this would be a great like reference book if okay. you are a comics fan. Um yeah, it's written by a professor. So, yeah, it's all about American comics. Very nice. Mm-hmm. So you'll have to take Sue's word for that on yes, that one. Yes. I wish I had a review for you. But, again, if you like comics, definitely check that mm-hmm. book out. As always, when we talk about these books, it seems like the cues um, for Holt's pickup uh, fill up really quick. So head to our mm-hmm. website, marionpubliclibrary.org. Um, you can search in our bar there for any of these books yep. and place a hold. Um, you can come into our library at Uptown pick them up you can do curbside pickup out at the annex mm-hmm. um, you can also use the mln app uh, metro library network and that's available on iphone and android and you can place a hold there too yeah so check them out okay 
Sue, you also want to talk about uh, the National Book Award winners for 2021. They were announced this past Wednesday. Right. They um, were just announced on November 17th. Yep. And I'm just going to quickly talk about um, the few um, that you might recognize. So just to give you um, a little bit of background about the National Book Awards, they were established in 1950 and they celebrate the best writing in America. So these are books that are written by U.S. citizens. Uh, they're selected by a panel of judges who are made up of writers, translators, critics, librarians, and booksellers. Uh, and each winner receives $10,000 and a bronze sculpture. Mm. Uh, so these were just announced November 17th. And um, fiction winner is called Hell of a Book by Jason Mott. And um, this uh, is about a black author who sets out on a cross-country publicity tour to prom promote his best-selling novel. Um, so that's just part of it. There's also um, the story of Soot, of a young black boy living in a rural town in the recent past, and the kid, a possibly imaginary child who appears to the author on his tour. So the stories build, and they all come together. Um, it's a heartbreaking and magical book that entertains and is at once about family, love of parents and children, art and money. And it's also about the nation's reckoning with a tragic police shooting playing over and over again in the news. So that is Fiction National Book Award winner, Hell of a Book by Jason Mott. Very nice. Yeah. Now this next one is the nonfiction winner, and it's called All That She Carried by Tia Miles. And this, uh, this book, I ordered this book for the library because I thought it looked absolutely fascinating. Uh, in 1850s South Carolina, an enslaved woman named Rose faces a crisis, which is the imminent sale of her daughter, Ashley. So thinking quickly, she picked a cotton bag with a few precious items. She packed a cotton bag as a token of love and to try to ensure Ashley's survival. And then the nine-year-old girl was separated from her mother because she was sold. So decades later, Ashley's granddaughter, Ruth, um, embroidered this family history on the bag in um, spare yet haunting language. So this nonfiction book is all about this um, bag that has been passed down through this family as like a, a piece of family history. And it's in a um, deeply moving book. Uh, and Tia Miles is a historian and she unearths these women's faint, the, the woman's faint presence in archival, archival records to follow the paths of their lives. So this, this is a book that's on my list of books to read. I have not read it yet, but it looks absolutely amazing. Um, so that is the nonfiction book. Um, poetry book is called Floaters, and it's by Martin Espada. And we don't have this at in the Metro Library Network, but it is on order, so it will be coming. But it, this is a poetry. Um, floaters is a term used by certain Border Patrol agents to describe migrants who drown trying to cross over. So it's kind of wow. a brutal, a brutal title. Yeah. Um, but this is um, poetry about um, immigration. Um, so yeah, this looks like a really interesting uh, poetry book, and we will have that available soon. Awesome. And then finally, the young adult novel is called Last Night at the Telegraph Club by Melinda Lowe. And um, this is about a 17-year-old Lily who she can't remember exactly when the feeling took root, that desire to look, to move, closer, to touch. Whatever it started growing, it definitely bloomed the moment she and Kathleen Miller walked under the graphic, the flashing neon sign of a bar called the Telegraph Club. Suddenly, everything seemed possible. This takes place in 1954 America, and of course, in 1954, being gay was definitely not something that you could telegraph. Right. Um, and also, um, Lily is a Chinese-American, and you've got Red Scare going on, so all sorts of stuff going on in this. So this is the, the young adult winner. Uh, Last Night at the Telegraph Club by Melinda Lowe. Very and we nice. do have that available also. Awesome. So, yeah, out of all those four books, there's just one. And that's, yep. like you said, it's on the order. Poetry so book. Yes. everything Sue just talked about, you can basically come in, check it out, um, place a hold on it, and mm -hmm. have it at your convenience. So very nice. Yeah. Awesome. And I think we'll have all of these selections also on our social media. Yes. So if you want to go to um, the National Book Award winners 2021, there will be a link to that, mm -hmm. um, and you can see all the books available there. Yeah.
Awesome. Thank you sure. for those for all of those. Um, I want to go into some building updates for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we're we're looking at the building as it's <laughs> as we're recording yep. today, and it's mm-hmm. nice to see everything that's going on. Um, <clears throat> they're so close to having the exterior finished, mm-hmm. and I know I said probably in chapter one of our podcast that it's going to be so weird when the outside is done. And it's all the interior finishes because you're going to be like, can we move in? Can we move in? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's done, right? But there's so much inside. Um, We've had a few updates from the construction team on delays here and there. So again, we're still targeting spring 2022. Not sure it'll, uh, I don't think it's going to be early spring 22, uh, 2022 anymore. So, but you know, we are, I, I use this phrase a lot, we are a byproduct of what's happening. We just wake up day by day and mm-hmm. there's nothing we can do. Um, we all know that. And that's not just in library world, but literally everywhere right. um, when it comes to things you're purchasing for the holidays mm-hmm. or and, and delays in shipping or just anything in general. Every, everything's um, sitting on a boat out in the ocean, it is. basically. <laughs> it, it's funny you say that. I watched a TikTok the other day and it was uh, one of those like crane operator people who mm-hmm. sit on the ships and move yeah. all the stuff. All the containers, yeah. He made a joke that like there's probably like 5 million PS5s out here because it seems like everybody <laughs> wants the next gen consoles and he's like, they're, I'm sure they're out here and then you see the one mm-hmm. video where like a ship like tilts and all the stuff falls into the ocean. It's like, well, oh no, it's going to be delayed by a couple <laughs> months now. So, um, but as it comes to our building, yes, there are some things that are delayed. Um, but there's also, you hear those delays and then the next day it's like, nope, now it's on time. So it's right. just, you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the things that are going on in the month of November here, um, our elevators, um, for the staff elevator and the public elevator, mm-hmm. those are almost complete. We just had a virtual building tour, or not virtual, sorry. I did a virtual building mm-hmm. tour the other day. We had an all-staff training um, team training working day, yep. building that we did, and we all got to go do a physical tour after that um, and, and got to see, really, for a lot of those staff, a lot of changes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fortunate to go in every week because we do the Guess That Space game on social media, mm-hmm. and so I, I get to see it every single week of what's going on. Um, but yeah, uh, elevators are almost complete. Our site concrete is completely poured. So parking lot, sidewalks, yep. all of that is done. So that's great. Um, our landscaping is completed, which I see that in the update, but I'm not sure if it's 100% <laughs> done because no. we have a few um, cement-like um, what planters, do you, planters yes. yep, on the it'd be the west side of the building mm-hmm. um, towards our old library. And those don't have anything in them. Yeah, and that'll probably wait till spring, I'm sure. It's actually going to be little pools for kids to play in. Just oh. gonna, we're just going <laughs> to fill it up with water. Uh-oh. <laughs> no. Um, so I, I think landscaping for now is done, mm-hmm. but I think when spring comes around, it's kind of just like the uptown construction project and with right. um, the square that will be redone. There will be a lot of stuff that gets pushed into next year. So. Mm-hmm. Um, the majority of the drywall is almost complete. I can confirm that because I was in just yesterday and, um, it was looking really, really good. So really dusty. I was telling Sue wanted, she had missed the, yeah, uh, I missed the tour last, uh, or a few weeks ago. And, mm-hmm. um, now, uh, she wanted to go in. I was like, well, I'm glad you didn't go in the other day because it was really dusty. You yeah. know, they're mudding and taping and then they sand it all down oh, and yeah. it's just, it's just white mm-hmm. kind of as you walk in. So yeah, your I can clothes, wait. clothes get dirty, but. Majority of the drywall is almost complete. The brick masonry on both the inside and outside is wrapping up. Um, the folding partition tracks inside our community room, those are being installed. Um, okay. So that's great. Um, the first floor, prime and paint, that continues. Second floor ceiling trim out for inspections will be completed prior to the ceiling install. The second floor flooring will go in after the ceiling oh tile is dropped. So that's, that's some serious stuff. That's going to be the big change, you know. Yeah. They've got a lot of that. I guess I didn't say, but the painting is nearly done up mm. on that second floor. And so, wow. yeah, when that flooring goes in, that's going to be like, whoa, mm-hmm. things are really changing. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then finally, the first floor casework um, or cabinetry, that's arriving soon and then will be installed. So, Okay. We're getting there. We're getting there. Yep. It's all the, the finishes. They're starting to come in. Okay. I know we just finalized a huge technology order for televisions mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all these things for meeting rooms. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell you, every single week, James and I are working every day to check for next-gen consoles because we have two gaming spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys didn't know that, in the um, in the library down on the first floor, there's a gaming room. And up in the teen space, mm-hmm. there's another area where you'll be able to play xbox x and playstation 5 but man i'm working with every single vendor here locally and online to try and get one and it's tough 
it's really tough. I'm yeah. sure there's a handful of people out there who are trying to get them for themselves, for mm-hmm. personal pleasure, but we're just trying to get them so kids can come <laughs> so in and use them. They can play and, at the library. Man, it's tough. So those are the building updates. If there's anything um, I didn't cover that you're interested in and you want to know more about, send us a message on our website. Again, it's marionpubliclibrary.org. We've got our live chat um, in the bottom right corner. Yep. Um, you can send us an email at info at marionpubliclibrary.org or just give us a call um, and ask for ask for Blaine, ask for James, and um, we'll be able to talk to you guys and answer as much as we know. Yes. So. Okay. What's next? Some programming events and updates. So there's been a little bit of a shift. We really didn't have fall, I felt like. No, we, fall was like a week. Uh-huh. It was like <laughs> good, you know, that great 60 to 70 degree weather. Yep. And then, and then everybody's cool. mowing their lawn and then mm-hmm. a little bit of snow flurries coming down. It's like, okay, well, I guess fall's over. And if you yeah. look at the forecast now, it's like 30 to 40 degrees yeah. with lows in the... Mm-hmm upper 18, 19 degrees, low 20s. It's like, okay, well, fall's done. Mm-hmm. So a lot of frost in the morning. But with that being said, there's um, just some events. We're also working through some um, staffing right now, as mm-hmm. everybody knows. It's challenging to have a fully loaded staff at, at times. And mm-hmm. so some of our events, we just don't have enough staff to um, put on certain events. So what we got for you guys um, coming up here is we still have the Jerry Fit and Tai Chi. Mm-hmm. That's every Monday at 930 um, and that alternates weeks, um, but that's out at Lau Park. Um, the Doodle Bugs, all sheep and sizes, that is geared towards children. That's mm-hmm. on November 24th um, from 10.30 to 11.30 a.m. That looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, those Doodle Bugs events happen really year-round. Mm-hmm. Um, and our um, programmer, Laura, she works with CRMA to mm-hmm. put all that stuff together. So that's great. That's virtual um, for children to do. So head to our events uh, page and check that out. Novels Novels is a children's book group, and that's meeting on November 24th from 4 to 5 p.m. in the Sunburst Room out at Lau Park. I start to laugh again because everything's just at Lau Park. Yes. I'm anxious <laughs> for our new building because then I can say it's all in at the our library. library. Yes. Um, a big thing here that I really want to talk about, the Adult and High School Writers Workshop with Rick Garman is mm-hmm. on December 5th from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. So if you guys don't know, Rick Garman is a Linmar grad who has written lots of Hallmark movies. He lives out in California, works for Hallmark. He's written a dozen plus movies. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's coming back to Marion to show a few of his movies. And he's partnering with our library for a writer's workshop geared towards high school students and adults. This is a great opportunity for any journalism focused students and adults interested in writing Mm -hmm. or in script writing. Um, it's free, but there are technically tickets cause there's only so many spots you can right. have. So, um, I know there's a Gazette article coming out about mm-hmm. this soon. And I fear if you don't jump on it now, you're mm-hmm. going to miss your opportunity. It's a phenomenal opportunity to yeah. get with a professional writer, yes. uh, who's local, um, mm-hmm. and just a really good guy is what it sounds like. So, and even if you're, if you just love to watch Hallmark holiday movies, yep this would be a great opportunity for you to kind of see the inside workings of, you know, what it takes to craft yep. one of those Yep. There should shows. be, there's no pressure to go in and feel no. like you have to write right. a bunch of stuff. It's more just the learning process yeah. of how he does it. And mm-hmm. if you're, if you want to try and develop something and, um, and have that guidance from a professional yes. writer, then, then this is something you'd be really interested in. He's also showing two of his movies that's in partnership with, um, Uptown Marion District, Chamber of Commerce, uh, the Giving Tree mm-hmm. Theater. So um, I know they're doing tickets. I believe those do cost money to go see um, his show. Um, there's also a VIP ticket mm-hmm. that you can get as like a meet and greet and like a kind of a cocktail hour thing. Yeah. So really, really cool event. First time we've done something mm-hmm. like this back here. And I think you'd be kicking yourself during the holiday season if you miss that. Um, I, I think it's going to be a, a really, really great yeah. uh, opportunity. So. The book sale at the 6th Ave, our old library, um, that is put on by the Friends of the Marion Public Library. Mm-hmm. Those are on the first and third Saturday of each month. Um, so go support them. I believe it's free will donation. So whatever you feel the book is worth, um, you can give them money for that. And they really, really appreciate that. And then finally, the adult writing group is on December 6th at the Marion High V from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. And you can contact a programmer, Jackie Tracy, for more info, and that's J Tracy at MarionPublicLibrary.org. Okay. For any events I didn't cover, a lot of these kind of repeat on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. but you can find all of our upcoming events on our website at MarionPublicLibrary.org or head to our Facebook page under events. You can have 
you can select going, interested, mm-hmm. not interested. Um, and, and that's just a great way to follow along um, with anything that's upcoming. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. Okay, guys. <laughs> it is that time. Oh, of, boy. It's that time in the chapter. It's this part of the book. Trivia game. Yeah. Trivia game. <laughs> Trivia game. <laughs> Blaine is very excited. I am not. <laughs> As I told you guys at the very beginning of this chapter, uh, there is seven questions for Sue okay. today. Okay. okay. Yep. Yep. I think you guys know it by now. Um, if you're listening in the car or if you're just sitting at home, eating your turkey, having your stuffing, some cocoa and some cider for Thanksgiving week, if you celebrate, if Sue gets it right, Fairy you're, dust. you're like Blaine. We already know. And mm-hmm. well, we know what happens if she gets it wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what happens. Yeah, that's so, the one we hear the most. <laughs> I'd like to disagree, but I can't. <laughs> that's okay. And truthful. Once again, I went and uh, some of these relate. Well, I say sometimes I do trivia questions that relate to the library. And sometimes mm-hmm. I just do random trivia facts that mm-hmm. are for fun. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's it's always fun to just listen in. And see if you know the answer. Yes. Um, last time we did, uh, in chapter four, we did some rapid fire with not really any description behind it. So I tried to do, um, I'm, I'm going to have you, I'm going to ask the question. I'm going to have mm-hmm. you give the answer. And then I'll kind of read the fact behind it okay. of why it is. Um, so okay. the first question we have is, who was the first woman to win a Nobel Prize in 1903? Marie Curie. Very good. Marie Curie was a Polish and naturalized French physicist and chemist who conducted pioneering research on radioactivity. Yeah, and then died from it. That's my wow. little bit of Wow, well, let's get dark <laughs> adding, real quick. Adding into the trivia. Yeah, she died from radiation okay. poisoning. Marie Curie. Mm-hmm. She was one of one. It's a great start. Okay. Let's not go one of seven now. Well, t- <laughs> Okay. Okay. This, there's this one. You can narrow it down, maybe. Okay. What is the rarest M&M color? I'm going to say green. <laughs> That's actually what James said earlier, too. It is not green. The most common color is green. Really? The color breakdown is now 19.5% green, 18.7% orange, 18.7% blue, 15.1% red, 14.5% yellow, and 13.5% brown. Really? Yeah. People hmm. with brown colored eyes, come on, that's rude, you know? Not, not catering to people like us. <laughs> Most of the time, we're just busy shoving them in our mouth and we <laughs> don't you, look at the colors. That, that's true. Well, and now it's the holiday one, so you got red and green. Oh, so yeah. I don't yeah. know what the ratio is there. I do like them. Uh, don't they have a mint M&M? They do. That mint. is delicious. I'd be interested to know how many different variations of M&Ms there are, but there's quite a bit. There's a lot. The peanut butter M&Ms are, those are good. <laughs> They're also like very addicting. Yes. <laughs> so you don't know when to stop, but love those. Okay, one for two. It's okay. okay. Back to 50%. Okay, I, I put this question on here because I feel like you you love cheese, right? <laughs> it's not a feeling. It is an absolute fact. <laughs> yes, fact. I do it's love a passion. cheese. <laughs> okay, so I don't know. Maybe you'll know this know. one. Okay. Okay. From which country does Gouda cheese originate? Uh-oh, I saw that reaction. Oh, Gouda. Okay, I, I can try and read you some of the fact, but obviously I can't give away. This is a country. Gouda, mm-hmm. Gouda, semi-soft cow's milk cheese from this country, named for the town of its origin. Gouda is traditionally made in a in flat wheels of 10 to 12 pounds or 4.5 to 5.4 kilo kilograms. Uh, kilos, yeah, that'd be pretty heavy. Each with a thin natural rind coated in yellow paraffin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This Gouda. country. Gouda. Mm-hmm. If you don't get this right, I know you got the next one, so it's okay. And if you don't get the next one, I'm going to be really disappointed. We might just end the, the chapter of the podcast right there. Ay, 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 ay. I'm just going to say France. I know it's not right. It is the Netherlands. Ugh. I didn't know. You know, you're just I the cheese connoisseur. So. I, I don't. I don't. You eat the cheese, you don't research the cheese. I just eat the, the cheese. cheese, exactly. Uh-huh. I just eat the cheese. Okay. <laughs> yep, I, I wouldn't have known that question. I, I actually use Gouda when it comes to grilled cheese sandwiches. Huh. A little bit of Gouda and green onion goes great. Mm, okay. Grilled cheese sandwich. That sounds good. 
people talk about the mayonnaise over the butter on the grilled cheese sandwich. Have you ever done that? No, I always like, use like butter. We talked about Sam the Cooking Guy in, mm-hmm. I believe it was the last chapter. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he, he a lot a lot of times uses like Japanese mayo and mm-hmm. parsley and like mm-hmm. garlic as like a spread on top. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It, it, I know Disney World uses, um, um, and they're like buffalo grilled cheese. They mm-hmm. use mayonnaise on top. Uh, mm. I'm more of a butter person. Yeah, butter. I don't know. Butter fat. It's good. Stuff. Okay, here we go. You got this one. So Sue's one of three, but I know we'll go to a four here because she, 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 you'll understand probably why she knows this one. Hendrix, Lario's, and Seagram's are some of the best-selling brands of which spirit? <laughs> that would be gin. <laughs> I wonder why Sue knows that. <laughs> According to the Distilled Spirits Council, the sales volume of gin amounted to ten point one seven million nine-liter cases in twenty twenty. Wow. So just a couple swigs of gin. That's what it amounted yeah. to. In 2019, Seagram's Gin was the leading gin brand in the United States with about 1.8 million nine-liter cases sold. Seagram's. That's interesting. Hmm. Is Seagram's a little bit lower quality? Um, I feel like, well, when we do crafting not, community, yes. we use some high-quality stuff. I, I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to say it's not something that I've used. Okay. Yeah. So it's lower quality. I'm not saying that. <laughs> okay. Well, Sue's the... It may be someone's favorite. I don't know, but I, that's not something that gin, I've used. Gin's gin, right? No. Like, no, it's not. Gin, just like wine and whiskey and everything else, there's yeah. variations. Yeah, it's things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Sue's two of four. I told you she'd get that one right. Which member... I Okay, I, I kind of kind of told Sue this one, so if she gets it right, it's kind of my mistake because I was asking her a few questions earlier and she kind of knew it. So which member of the Beatles married Yoko Ono? John Lennon. Yes. Very good. On March 20th, 1969, Lennon and Ono were married at the registry office in Gibraltar and spent their honeymoon in Amsterdam. I think what you asked me is, do you, do you know, know about the Beatles? And I'm no, like, I said, do you know who John Lennon is? I'm like, yes. I said, do you know who John Lennon is? Because there's a few other ones I've asked, and you're like, and then I huh? said, I know who the Carpenters are too. <laughs> and I don't. <laughs> and you don't. No. Oh gosh. Oh, I'm just a young one. <laughs> okay, so that was a little bit. Um, that was more your mm-hmm. generational style question. Now it's my generation question. Okay. Or even younger. Very dumb, but. Area 51 is located in which state? New Mexico. Ooh, Sue Ellen. It's not Sue's middle name. That's just what I call her. Nevada. It is? Come on. Uh, I thought it was in New Mexico. Don't you remember that whole just rally for the raid and all those people who were going to line up and storm it? I thought it was in New Mexico. Because of all the conspiracy theories Hmm. and aliens. and. I got that one wrong. Nevada. I'm not a big fan of UFOs. Well... I hate to break it to you, but wow. it's Nevada. I thought it was New Mexico. Yeah. So, and I don't know if you're going to get this last one, oh. but we'll see. So you are three of six. Okay. Four of seven is going to put you in the positive okay. area. So this is the make or break question here. Okay. okay. Do you know what the loudest animal on earth is? Sue's looking at our special guest right now. Like, <laughs> Do you have any idea what he's talking the about? The loudest animal? I think it's something you wouldn't expect. Um... I think I just heard a whisper from our special guest that I'm going to say the blue whale. Technically incorrect. Oh, really? I'm looking at our special guest. That is very close. By the decibel rating, you are on the right track. Of dolphin? A, no. I don't know. Dolphin's like one twentieth the size of a whale. The sperm whale. I said whale, so whale no, should count. No, you just said gin is different when it comes oh, to different items. Yeah, so sperm whale is different than a blue whale. Huh. Sperm whales are world-class divers. The mammals have been recorded descending to depths of over 3,280 feet and can go 90 minutes between breaths. The sperm whale is capable of producing clicking sounds that can be up to 233 decibels loud. That is very loud. Now, I've heard blue whales clicking because when I was in Hawaii, Mm -hmm. not the time I got injured, Mm -hmm. but in January for my friend's wedding... Um, they put, I was on a whale watching tour and they put like the microphones down in the water mm-hmm. and you could hear that. And I was there in January. So it was like prime season for all the whales coming down from Alaska and everything in Hawaii. And it was insane to hear all of that. But yeah, some of that is like ear piercingly loud. Wow. Um, okay. But just really interesting. So, well, uh, once again, <laughs> three of seven, <laughs> that's okay. Uh. Well, that's our trivia game. I hope you guys enjoyed. I'm, I'm again, 
all my fifth graders that listen, I'm sure they're like, come on, Sue. We knew all of those questions. Well, like I said before, fifth grade was a long time ago. (laughs) And the the questions have changed. So Mm -hmm. very nice. Okay. Well, we're through everything here. So Sue, I'm going to hand it off to you um, and let you introduce our special guest of the day. So this is one of our podcasts where we have our special guest. And today's guest is Amy Geiger who is the director of the Marion Public Library Foundation. Welcome, Amy. Thank you, Sue. Sorry about the blue whale answer. (laughs) You got the whale part right. Well, I have to tell you, I was on a whale watching uh, excursion Mm -hmm. off of Monterey Bay in California this summer, and she told us that the blue whale was the loudest whale or mammal. So I was led astray. So sorry. Well, we may have to investigate this we, a little we bit further. We might have to. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Blaine. <laughs> okay, so I've got a few questions for Amy. Uh, the first question is, can you tell us about your background leading up to taking on the role of the director of our foundation? I have been in the nonprofit world, and I hate to even say it out loud, but for over 30 years. Wow. <laughs> Doesn't that make me sound old? And I know no, about the Beatles also. So <laughs> Yay. I, I got that answer Okay, right. good. <laughs> um, so I started off my career at a nonprofit youth organization. I'm from Cedar Rapids originally, but went to school out in Colorado and got a job out there and just really loved that experience. Mm-hmm. Um Learned a lot, was surrounded by a lot of wise people, and it kind of launched me on my career of, of that kind of nonprofit world. Mm-hmm. And I really fell into, which many of us do, you kind of fall into the fundraising role. It's not many people don't think, I'm going to be a fundraiser. <laughs> you know, that's just something yeah. that kind of happens. Mm-hmm. That's a little different now, but it certainly wasn't when I was back then. And when I moved back to Cedar Rapids, my first job back here actually was with the Cedar Rapids Public Library Foundation and uh, was involved with fundraising and and with their endowment fund. And from there, moved on to some other positions. It just so happened that the roles that I have had, there has been a foundation, but they'd not had a professional staff uh, person. Mm -hmm. And again, just kind of fell into that opportunity that I was the first staff person with some of these foundations and found that I really liked that. There was a good base there, but Mm -hmm. needed to help kind of build it up and be reflective of the needs and make connections with donors and that sort of thing. So have been um, at a variety of places, as I mentioned with the the library. I was with um, the Cedar Rapids Community School Foundation, mm-hmm. Mercy Medical Center Foundation, most recently at United Way, and uh, had this opportunity with the Marion Public Library Foundation. It just seemed kind of a nice uh, mm-hmm. coming back to, to those roots, if yeah. you will. Passionate about the work of nonprofits in our community and what they do. So that's that's my story. Well, we are thrilled to have you here because you are amazing. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Everybody at the library loves Amy. She's just wonderful. So, of course, you're in charge of our capital campaign for the new library, and everybody's always asking about updates on the capital campaign. So what is the latest news on the money that's been raised? It's kind of exciting. This number changes almost daily. Mm -hmm. Um, So as of this morning, so I want to let people, remind people that our goal is from the foundation $3 million for the capital campaign, which is for the building, Mm -hmm. and $300,000 for the mobile library. So together we're raising $3.3 million. This morning we have raised a total of $2,987,620. Oh my gosh. So we're just real close to that $3 million mark. I was going to be talking to Blaine after this to Mm -hmm. see if he might help put us over the edge to (laughs) to $3 million. So stay tuned. Write a check, check, Blaine. (laughs) Um, But it's it's really exciting. We've got $232,000 yet to raise for the building and Mm -hmm. $86,000 for the mobile library. We're very close. We've mm-hmm. been thrilled and really touched by the generosity of, of donors and, mm-hmm. and individuals, businesses, foundations in the area that are supporting this project. Mm-hmm. This, I will say, is the last dollars are often the, the hardest dollars yes. to, to raise. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, but it's also a time to me that's the most exciting, and I think it helps show people that every dollar counts. Mm-hmm. 232000 is not a lot. And when you start adding up $1,000 here, $25 mm-hmm. there, 
We've had some $5 donations come in, yeah. touching, touching notes about mm-hmm. how the libraries played a role in their life. And I, I do not say this lightly, that every dollar counts. And this is the time where I think we all can come together and mm-hmm. and uh, pull together as a community and help put us over the top to, to get it done. But feeling good about that. If I could, I'd mm-hmm. like to do a shout out to some of our top donors, yeah. if that'd be all right. Sure. The Hall Prine Foundation, with many, many capital projects in our communities, is just a leader. And mm-hmm. And this is no different for them. They stepped forward. They made a, a $500,000 challenge gift, which wow. was incredible. So for every $2 raised, they put a dollar in. I'm happy to say we've reached that that nice. challenge. And uh, just so nice to have them. They lend a lot of credibility to your uh, project. And I think mm-hmm. people look to, if you've got Hall Prine, mm-hmm. then that's that says a lot. Mm-hmm. So um, thrilled to have them. The Giacoletto Foundation is another foundation our community that has done so much and they've made a very very nice gift to the campaign for both the library and the mobile uh, mobile library farmer state bank right here in our Mm -hmm. just a block over just a block over that's right they just for years decades have been such a force in not only marion but in surrounding communities Mm -hmm. with doing just kind of quiet generosity philanthropic Mm -hmm. work they are really a part of so many great things they represent our largest corporate gift to this campaign, and we are thrilled to have Farmer State Bank and the neighbor family uh, continue to support the work of the library and also with the building. I'd be remiss if I didn't do a shout-out to the Marion Public Library Foundation. They put in a $500,000 gift at the very beginning, wow. and it really spearheaded the yes. project. And I think, again, it speaks to credibility and um, the desire to mm-hmm. make this a positive and and their commitment to the project. Mm-hmm. So kudos to the foundation board and all the board members that have been a part of that uh, foundation for the years because that gift was representative of money that's come in over the years. Mm-hmm. The Carver Trust has made a good grant. We got a, a CAT grant. We have a number of individuals and other businesses, area businesses that have contributed. Over 200 gifts have come in. Um, so we're just really happy about that. I do want to let people know if they're interested in making a gift, yes. haven't had an opportunity Again, every dollar does mm-hmm. not matter the amount. Um, we accept all and any gifts. Mm-hmm. They can do that by visiting the Marion Public Library website. There's an area on there they can go uh, donate now, learn more about the campaign. You can make a gift online. You can mail a gift in. We are going to be sending out a letter to several thousand people in the mm-hmm. Marion community coming up later this month. Uh, just, again, letting them have an opportunity to give. So all gifts are welcome and uh, really, again, appreciate the support of everybody. Yeah, it definitely, when we talk about the library being the center of things in this town, we are not exaggerating. I mean, right. it's everybody is contributing to this. So thank you, everyone. And thank you, Amy, for all of your hard work. So how does the foundation support the library outside of the capital campaign? And what can we look forward to once the new library is open? The role of a library foundation really is to raise, typically raise some of those larger gifts, um, major gift giving. Uh, and, uh, however, again, we get gifts of $25. Mm-hmm. Um, we do a lot of the memorials. So there are uh, times when having memorial contributions directed to the library is just a very fitting tribute to the person who's Mm -hmm. passed away. And so the foundation helps handle those memorial gifts. We do a lot of grant writing, major gift solicitation, working with donors on an annual basis. And all of that is done, again, to make those connections, connections Mm -hmm. with resources, with needs of the library. The role of the foundation is to help fund things that are above and beyond what tax dollars can support. Mm -hmm. Incredibly appreciative and thankful for the the support we get from the city could not run the library without it correct and there are things above and beyond that we'd like to do and that's really where the foundation comes into play it's those enhancement dollars mm-hmm. it could be uh things special things for the collection could be technology equipment programming um, ongoing things with the the building so those are the things that the, the foundation really looks to support so what can you look forward to? Well, let me tell you, Sue. We, <laughs> once the campaign is done, I feel like we really can start to to work at 
establishing some, you know, an, an I think there in the past there's been an annual event and we're looking mm -hmm. at doing something like that again. I will kind of put a teaser out there that we have a special event coming up June 3rd and 4th. I think people will be thrilled when they hear what mm -hmm. this is and uh, it will go to support the the new library. So watch for details. Hopefully I'll be invited back at some time and we can talk about, <laughs> yeah, about definitely, that. Definitely, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> plan giving is something I want to touch on briefly. There are a number of really thoughtful gifts that have come in to the library through plan gifts. And it could be, again, there's memorial giving, but there are folks that like to remember the library in their will. Mm -hmm. And the Marion Public Library certainly could, could be done uh, in that way as well. So if somebody's interested in that, looking at your estate planning, setting up your will. You'd like to remember the library. I'd be happy to visit with people about that. We certainly have sponsorship opportunities and ongoing and ongoing fundraisers. Okay, awesome. So I have some questions for you that you don't know about. Okay. These are rapid fire questions. Okay, can I first say that I really like the fudge brownie M&Ms? Is that one of the questions? <laughs> no, that's okay. not. But okay. Those are delicious. Yeah. Okay. I just had to get that in there. I'm All a right. sucker for mint, so. Oh, yeah. Mint's good, too. Uh, I, right. will, I will eat everything <laughs> mint. Okay. So these are easy questions. These oh, are not good. difficult. Well, I don't know if you should say that, because if I don't get them right, that's going to sound bad. You're not. There's no wrong answer. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> I like these. This is not trivia. This is not trivia. Oh, it's not trivia. No. Okay. All right. So what is the one dish at Thanksgiving you would like to leave off the table? Wow. I would say, well, I like it, but I'd be okay if we didn't have it. It'd be stuffing. Really? Yeah. I mean, I like stuffing. Blaine is weeping into his hands right but now. But if I had to leave it off, I mean, that would be all right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's apparently that's not what Blaine would. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Sorry, Blaine. Answer. <laughs> so what is your favorite, pie, cake, or candy? Oh, man. Well, anything chocolate is good. Pie, cake, or candy? Probably cake. What kind of cake? Well, I have a recipe of my grandmother's. It's a chocolate, ice water chocolate cake that is to die for. Oh, you can make that for us anytime. Put that in a M&M coating <laughs> and you're all set. <laughs> yeah. Roll it in okay, some M&M's. I'll, I'll make that and bring it in. It's okay. pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, holiday music in November, yes or no? Yes, but but I do like to wait till after Thanksgiving. Okay, I, I like to give that holiday. But I, truth be told, I have listened to a few few already. Yes, so. we have too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what is the one thing about being a grandparent that has surprised you? Oh, <laughs> that I'm a grandparent. <laughs> really, I'm old enough to be a grandparent. Um, I think one of the things that I I hadn't thought about was how uh, touching it is to watch your own child become a parent. Mm. That's been very, um, it's just been a really special part of the whole process. Mm -hmm. Being a grandparent's incredible and just that building that relationship mm -hmm. and all that. But, but I think that surprised me. I wasn't thinking about that really. And that's oh. been very, very touching. Amy has two twin grand sons yes. and they are adorable. And I will say they they every night a part of their bedtime routine is they have two books that are read to them, Aww. and they love their books. <laughs> they love to chew on them, and they love yes. to look at them, and they yes. love to push them on the floor. But books and reading are a big part of their their life, so that's great. I have a, a grand niece and nephew who are two and four, and they cannot go to bed without books, and not just one, but like a pile, and they fall asleep. Sometimes with the books on their faces. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, they read all the time. So it's part of their routine too. Yeah, so that's great. Okay, I have one last question. Okay. Are you an ebook, audio, or physical book person? Physical book. Like to have the book in my hand. I am, however, reading a book for the very first time, um, ebook. Mm -hmm. But I, I, my choice is to have it in a, a physical book. That's my choice too. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I just, I, I like to hold it. I like the whole. The whole process of it and the feel yep. and 
Yes, comfort. Turning the page. There's something yes. satisfying about that. Yeah. And I'm an end reader too, so I have to go back and oh, read now the end I, and then go back and finish the rest of it. Yes. I've been tempted a few times, but I have resisted on oh, that. No, yeah. I'm a proud end reader. Okay. <laughs> a proud end reader. All right. Because <laughs> people are horrified. I'm like, no, it's just good. I, I like it. That's yeah. what I do. Yeah. Well, thank you, Amy. We will have you on again as we get closer to the exciting event that you can talk about later. All right. And uh, yeah, have a wonderful holiday season. Thank you. Without stuffing. With, no, and you know what? I'll eat stuffing. I had a hard time with that question because I don't know. There's really nothing I don't like. Mm-hmm. I do like stuffing, Blaine. I love to put gravy on my stuffing. Oh, and my mom, yeah. Boy, gosh, if my good. mom's listening, she'd be upset. <laughs> mom, I love your stuffing. She makes really good stuffing. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Well, right. mashed potatoes are, you cannot get rid of the mashed potatoes. No, no, no. Gotta you have, have those. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, Amy. Thanks for having me. Sure. Well, it's always a joy having a special guest on. Yes. Um, yes uh, obviously, I don't have the microphone when Amy's talking and you're asking questions like that. But that <laughs> Thanksgiving question, I tell you, stuffing. <gasps> Come on, guys. I'm really hungry. Oh, I want all the bread. Stuffing that you cannot remove. We were just talking about it a little bit uh, after Amy was done here. And it's like, she's like, oh, I changed my answer to whipped cream or or cool whip. (laughs) No. First of all, that's very essential on pie. Yeah, it is. Not apple pie. But if you're having like pumpkin pie, I'm I'm layering it in whipped cream. Mm -mm. Well, Well, if I'm going to have whipped cream on it, I'm going to have actual whipped cream. Not. Yeah. Not the canned stuff. Not the stuff in a, not the stuff that's frozen. Oh, stop it. <laughs> I don't like it. Sue's like, I'm going to make my own. I will make my own. I'll use I've, a wooden stick and stir until e- it whips. Even when I was a kid, I did not like that stuff. Really? No. Wow. Mm-mm. Did you have a dog growing up? Yes, we had so dogs. You just you just fed all the whipped cream to the dog. I, no, I, I didn't put whipped cream on anything. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I have ready whip in a can just in the fridge and there occasionally every morning before I leave for work. I'm like, right in his bowl. He loves it. The ready whip was the fancy stuff. Yeah, that's true because we never had ready whip growing up. We always had the thing in the freezer. And then it would be like, my mom would be like, remember Mm -hmm. to, I'm at work today. Remember to take that out so we can have Mm -hmm. it for the pie later. And then I'd be like five o'clock and I'm like, oh, I was like, oh no, I I forgot. (laughs) You're like nuking it in the microwave for like five seconds at a time. And it's like, oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care for that stuff. But anyways, always a joy having um, special guests Mm -hmm. on our next chapter podcast. Um, It's always fun, especially with Amy, just hearing those updates, you know, Mm -hmm. um, Amy comes in occasionally, but mostly works from home just because of our situations mm-hmm. with the buildings and there's not really an office for her to sit in which will be nice once we get into the new building yes. that she actually she has have an office a place that she can um, set up mm-hmm. shop and, and actually get a lot of the work done so um, but just yeah seeing where we're at money wise she didn't talk to me about that check so I guess I get to keep my money so <laughs> I think she wants me to write like she a might 70- follow up with an email I said, do, if I write my like thousand dollar check, do I get my like a marketing president parking spot? And then I'm like, I don't think so. I don't think that's well. No. Maybe I've not I've not asked her, but I don't think I would do that. So, um, no. But it, it's it's great. I love listening in, and and I hope you guys really enjoyed that as well. Mm-hmm. It gives you really good insight into um, uh, Amy's history, what she's mm-hmm. done, where she's come from, and and how she's benefiting our library. And and like Sue said, um, there's not a single person I know really in our library in the city mm-hmm. of Marion staff or, or the, the community, community that does mm-hmm. not like Amy Geiger. She mm-hmm. just does good work, wakes up every day with the intention mm-hmm. to better um, the lives of us. She's so mm-hmm. selfless and uh, we're just really, really lucky to have her. Yes. Um, and I mean that as genuinely as I can. Um, she, she just <laughs> always puts her front foot forward and is finding ways to, I mean, like she said, fundraising, it's not a, you don't go to school to be like, yep, I'm going to be a fundraiser someday. And I've, in the jobs I've worked in, in higher education Mm -hmm. and other fields, I don't always understand fundraising. It's, I'm terrible at asking for more money, Mm -hmm. whether it's in your job or Mm -hmm. whether it's in like your personal life or you need to be reimbursed from Mm -hmm. somebody. I'm terrible at that. And so to do that professionally, to go out to businesses, organizations, um, and ask for we're, and we're not talking at like a Venmo here of $10. We're like right. half a million dollars, $250,000, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, but as Amy alluded to, having great partners mm-hmm. um, 
locally here. Um, it, it, they make it yes. really easy, um, and, and they always are looking to support us. So, And as Amy said, every dollar counts. So, yep. I mean, I, I think it's so thrilling if you – if all you can afford is $10 and you write a check to the library for $10 to the foundation yep. to help. I mean, there's a little bit of that library now that, you know, you've helped yep. create in one way or the other. So I think that's a wonderful legacy. Yep. Well, and, and again, it's not like nobody's going to know how much you did or not. And so it's mm -hmm. like you donate five, ten dollars or matter. 500 or a thousand or again, mm -hmm. the, a dollar. You can look at that new building here mm -hmm. on six Ave when it's done and say, I helped I helped with that library. Exactly. And and you're you feel like maybe your name's not engraved mm -hmm. somewhere, but you know deep down that you helped create that library. And that's mm -hmm. really it means the world to us. Yep. So just yep. wanted to say thank you. I also wanted to say real quick before uh, we wrap up, uh Thanksgiving. I hope you're listening uh, during this timeline. <laughs> I think it's a it's a great uh, timeline to listen and and we're all probably just sitting around having turkey well amy ain't eating stuffing we know that she's having her cranberry slices who likes that uh, i do i know we're talking about it i uh, like all things cranberry i know we're all saying that we really love sweet potatoes with mm -hmm. sugar and marshmallows yeah. and yeah butter but, and mm -hmm. um during this time just wanted to say on behalf of sue and i we're so grateful for every single person that listens mm -hmm. we're grateful for the staff um at the marion public library um our staff um through personnel, through construction, through just all the changes through mm -hmm. COVID, so much has happened. Um, and for the staff that are here that have continually gone through it mm -hmm. and wake up every morning and come back to work every day, we're thankful for you um, mm -hmm. during this time. We're thankful for Bill yep. coming in as a library director to some super challenging times mm -hmm. and just waking up every day with the best intention and yep. trying to set this library on the right track, especially going into a new building. Mm -hmm. James as our project manager for the building and enduring mm -hmm. all that. Don managing all of the, you know, staffing yes. challenges yes. Um, through COVID and, mm -hmm. um, you know, getting people to, to work and managing a schedule when mm -hmm. construction changes on a daily basis. Um, Sometimes hourly. <laughs> right. Sue, with all the collection, um, I know you'll say, oh, you know, whatever. But really, when it comes to inventory management um, and, and getting everything, you know, we're going from now about a 2,800 square foot space at 7th Ave mm -hmm. to a 52,000 square foot building. Mm -hmm. And Sue has to get all that stuff ready. She's got to mm -hmm. get all the orders ready. And I know I know there's a lot that's already in the works and you've you've got a lot of stuff on order ready mm -hmm. to go. But there is Sue is the brains behind the business when it comes to any book you see in that building. So we're very thankful for you. Thank you. Um, Amy, as you know, thankful for that. Kimberly, um, unbelievable. Yes. The amount of work she does as an administrative assistant mm -hmm. is just second to none. Yep. Um, and then all of our other full-time and part-time staff, you guys are you guys are incredible. Mm -hmm. You're and still Blaine, here. Blaine is doing a great job getting getting all the word out and and you know putting up with me when i'm like oh you got to put this out uh, we we put <laughs> up a, with do, each other do a live facebook feed and <laughs> that's you right know, sometimes that's the only way to kind of get the word out and explain it easily is to just do a facebook live feed so people can see oh this is how we get to the library yeah. this is what's going on so he's making lots of connections in the community so we are grateful for that as well thank you well yeah. i'm thankful to have a staff that um, adopts my ideas podcasts, mm -hmm. um, doing the TikTok stuff, um, um, yes. newsletters, and, and just all these other platforms that we can mm -hmm. promote on that we weren't previously doing, mm -hmm. um, and just getting this library to a professional level as well. I'm thankful yep. for that. So um, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, we just wanted to say our thanks to everybody that yep. has played a vital part, mm -hmm. um, our board, our foundation. City Priscilla and Craig for yes. renting out their space yep. to us at for Campbell the last Steel, uh, year. The Knights of Columbus <laughs> at Marion yes. to allow us to um, have that space, the Technology parks department, yep. um, for Lau park. Mm -hmm. We, I'm going to forget people. Um, and you just need to know there are so many yes. people, departments, organizations that play such a vital part in, um, having us operate on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. What happened on August 10th of 2020 completely tore us apart. Mm -hmm. We had staff at the time who brought us back together mm -hmm. and the staff now continues to do that. And we have so many external parts that keep us running every single day. So yes. Thank you to all of you. Um, we really appreciate it. 
And it's okay to have stuffing. <laughs> it is okay to have stuffing. That is one of my favorite things. I almost got up and ran out of the room or jumped through the window. I almost but saw tears. I did. I did. We're making <laughs> stuffing this weekend for a, for a Friendsgiving. So I was like, oh my gosh, we definitely oh. need to have that. So you can throw cranberry slices to the, the slices or out of the can. It's like, come on, if you're going to do cranberries, make it, make it legit, oh. right? All cranberry okay. sauce is good cranberry sauce. I'm sure you guys all got, and this This will be your family topic now over Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. If you had to get rid of one thing, what would what it be? What would it be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, any, guy, any guys? Anyways. <laughs> any guys? I think we're done. Five guys. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Again, anything we talked about, if you guys have questions, head to our website at marionpubliclibrary.org. Hit our live chat button. We'll be happy to talk to you. Send us a message on Facebook. Send us an email, info at marionpubliclibrary.org. Any of the books that Sue talked about, you can place a hold um, on our website mm-hmm. or through the MLN app. Um, and again, we just really appreciate you guys tuning in. We, we hope you enjoyed um, getting to know Amy Geiger, our foundation director, a little bit more. And then just having the, uh, the biweekly updates that we give you guys. So thank you guys for tuning in to Chapter 5, and we'll see you in Chapter 6. Thanks, everybody. See ya. Bye. Bye.